White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons. Call your daughter. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. It's a perfect game. Win Echo. Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. Thank you, Jim Tomey. My name is Herb Lawrence. That is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. You know, we're, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving here this week. Jim Tomey's here helping me out. You know, he's got some 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 recipe ideas here. He's making himself very, very useful. Um, he said he's going to even help clean up afterwards. So, you know, he's used to hitting cleanup. So he's going to help me well, the, clean well, the, up. The nickname sticks. <laughs> Gentleman Jim. He really is, Indeed. yeah. But, yeah, I'm doing great here on Monday as uh, we, we approach the Thanksgiving holiday. You got any plans uh, for Thanksgiving this year? Herb, we do not have any plans. We're gonna stay at our place here in uh, Ravenswood. Uh, usually, would go back to either Cordy's house or my mom's or my aunt's house, but you know, COVID's causing a lot of uh, cancellations. Nobody wants to spread the disease, especially to their older relatives. So, we're gonna if I get the Rona, <laughs> getting some delicious Luella's Southern Kitchen here. Oh. Good stuff. They got some nice uh, stuff here, so we're going to get that on Thursday. Absolutely. I think we're going to cater as well. I think we're going to probably go with Real Urban Barbecue. They've got like that whole smoked Amish turkey. Um, and it's a good stuff and we just don't feel like cooking, man. Like we used to, we cook all the time during normal times, but everyone I think is just so tired out, man. We're just, so we're going to have something catered. Maybe we'll make a couple sides, but you know, just try to keep it small. Uh, my parents only, maybe her dad, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep things relatively small. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, one to have it catered because if I can get some burnt ends thrown in with the mix, uh, getting from real urban, urban, I think that's what we're going to do. So it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to uh, having a short work week here but not for us here on locked on socks we're gonna have the socks content all week long here and hopefully some interesting news breaks don't forget folks i i think it was uh, on thanksgiving uh when the aforementioned jim tomey back in 2005 thanksgiving when he was traded for aaron rowan and uh, and gio gonzalez so things may happen on the holiday uh when you're talking about trades like these things can go down anytime any place so Keep it locked in here to Locked on White Sox for any breaking news that happens during this week. And, you know, it's very nice of the company, Locked on uh, the Podcast Network, to have uh, Thursday uh, as an unofficial day off here on our calendar. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to a nice uh, nice short work week here. But uh, nevertheless, we, we've got some things to get to. Uh, first and foremost, there we're on technically on episode 76 tonight. And... Um, well, no one wore number 76 for the White Sox, so we can move on. Uh, you want to get to the uh, bag here? The bag is just sitting here. It's uh, ready to burst. You want? Should we get to it? Let's get to it. All Let's right. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love email, too. We love your emails. How can they get us an email to be read on Mailbag Monday and or Talk to Us Tuesday and or What Up Wednesday? You send your email to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Your questions, your comments, whatever you want to write us, we are here to answer them. Absolutely. Let's start it off here tonight, okay? we got The first one 
coming out of the box hot here for Mailbag Monday for Monday, November 23rd. First one here is from our guy, Sam in Hinsdale. Longtime listener, my question is, given the recent resignation of Theo Epstein as Cubs president of baseball operations, there's a growing speculation they could be considering a full fire sale of their core players. I was wondering, if this turns out to be true in the coming months, do you think a good avenue to solve our roster holes in terms of starting pitching, right fielder, or designated hitter? I was thinking if the trade price to get to someone from the Cubs isn't too ridiculous, why not consider it? Anyways, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, Herb, uh, we were just talking about this on Friday, uh, the Cubs uh, you know, in particular, because it was rumored by our guy John Paul Morosi that the – I love the way he phrased it too. The Nationals are considering a trade for Chris Bryant. <laughs> Like it's like you know I I'm I'm considering having Jennifer Lopez live here uh, with me and my family you know I, I I wonder if like how much is it for for both teams actually working on something or if it's just this is just uh hey the Nationals are looking to make some upgrades and you know this is uh, a guy out there who they'd like to get a dialogue going about who knows why these things are floated out there but we had the conversation about Chris Bryant in particular what what do we say about Chris Bryant about coming to the, the White Sox. Sox. Yeah. I would love him. That would be perfect if he would come to the White Sox. It would solve our right field problem because that's exactly where we would ship him to, a right field for one year. And I don't think it would cost that much. It's his last year. It is a He's coming off two, well, one subpar year and the year before, not a Chris Bryant year, even though it was a good year uh, if anybody else has it. Uh, and he probably wouldn't cost you that much of, you know, that much pain as far as your future prospects. You probably have to dig into either magical, of course, they would maybe acquire about Kopech, but, you know, also being stung by the latest one where they uh, traded away Eloy and uh, Cease for Quintana. Maybe they're a little gun shy and want to, you know, want to definitely win this trade no matter what with long-term pieces so i don't think it'll cost you that much since he's only with rental and i think that he would have a lot to prove in right field for the white Sox to build up his value and if it was only for that one year i would be fine with it yeah he would just be a, a great player to have on your roster because of the versatility that he showcased in the past i'm sure he would like to Maybe move away from third base a little bit, but it, it's good to know a guy that can play there if you need him to. A guy, give him a rest with some with DHing along the way. I think it would be a perfect fit. And we kind of saw Chris Bryant return to his old glory in the last, you know, a couple. Uh, well, I guess the last series against the White Sox in 2020, <laughs> where he sort of found his swag back. I don't know if that's any indicator of how he's going to perform in 2021, uh, but it would be kind of a stiff price tag with the arbitration. Uh, for just the the one season, so you know that that has to be taken into account as well. You maybe have to work out the financial details of that, but yeah, a, a starting pitching prospect, an infield prospect, and you know I think the Cubs would make that deal, and I would certainly love to see it. But we're going to talk about you, Darvish, as well. Someone else uh, had a question about you, Darvish, so I'll, I'll 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 save the the you conversation for later on. But when you look at that Cubs roster, is there anyone out there that 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 screams out to you like, please let's make a deal for this guy? Uh, let me think. I mean, of course, uh, Ian Happ. They, I would advise them to trade high on him. But, you know, where would he play on the White Sox? <laughs> Where's he going to play? <laughs> maybe you have to play in the right field. And uh, a switch hitting power uh, bat like that would be awesome on anybody's team. And it looks like he's starting to get it. 
and be the prospect that he was. Um, let's see. I mean, you know, Hugh Darvish, I think we talked about the other day. There was a, a guy that texted in onto our um, Twitch stream, and he was saying maybe we trade Kopech Madrigal for uh, Hugh Darvish. And our conversations a couple weeks ago where we're like, you got you only win the 2021 championship in 2021. So you need to go for it, you know, not necessarily mortgage the future, but if you have a chance to get somebody who's going to put you over the top, you should do it. That's I would rather do it with money with the Trevor Bauer signing or something like that. But if you need to go the trade route, you Darvis would be awesome on the White Sox. Yeah. Returning back to the American League, I would love him. But I know people, you know, want a prospect hug and they got their favorites, but and they don't like the Cubs and they had saw you Darvis struggle like one year and like, oh, he's trash. I had so many emails like that, so many tweets like that, and saying, "Why you love you Darvish so much?" Like, because he's a boss, dude. He was a finalist for the NL Cy Young, and you can see last year at the end of the year, he got his shit together after the All Star break. So, he's going to be good for the next couple of years. He's, his contract's relatively cheap; it's like twenty eight, nineteen, and then eighteen for the last three years. So, yeah, I would love him. Yeah, and you know, it's worth noting about about Nick Madrigal and where he would fit there on the north side. Just hypothetically, they've got Nico Horner. Who I think came up, uh, he was drafted as a shortstop. I th- I feel yes. like okay. So you know, you the the thought process being there. You know, if they let Baez walk, they have their replacement there at shortstop. And oh boy, what a what a, what a drop off that would be if you're a Cub fan. Go from uh, Javi Baez to Nico Horner. I don't think you'll be seeing a lot of uh, MLB Twitter videos uh, going out every day about Nico Horner and what he's doing Probably out there. Ground, <laughs> picking up routine ground balls and throwing to first. Yeah. So so you can you. Can, you can, <laughs> You could have the Nico Horner and uh, Nick Madrigal uh, double play combination there if you really wanted it. And oh boy, why wouldn't you want it? But yeah, just looking up and down at the Cubs roster right now, you know, I, I don't see a lot of guys that fit with this uh, White Sox team in particular, you know. Um, it, it, but Chris Bryant, I think, in addition to you, Darvish, the 1A. And one B, I think Darvish being one A, I think that, that those are guys that could certainly fit. You know, Kyle Hendricks obviously a guy, but you know he just signed an extension with the Cubs, and and I think maybe you, you sometimes are those guys that even when you're doing a rebuild, you know, there's, he's more valuable to your franchise uh, than someone else's, so you, you keep him around. You know, I don't know why they would would either. Either you're going to gut this thing down or not, but it's interesting to, to see what the Cubs are going to do this off season with Theo stepping aside, and I, I definitely think that was a big part of this is Theo doesn't want to be the one to pull the trigger on these guys. And, uh, you know, so uh, something to, to look forward to uh, what they do this offseason. There's there's still a lot of good parts on this team, um, and, and they'll be they'll be really well suited for, for a rebuild because they've got, you know, pieces that can get them some good pieces back in return. So, uh, but, yeah, thank you, Sam and Hinsdale, as always, for your contribution to the show. Uh, next up here, uh, Pete Hand. Oh, Pete's checking in. Uh, we mentioned him in the last episode. Hello, my name is Mr. Hat. Uh, been a couple of weeks since we've heard from Pete, but first of all, he just wanted to clarify. I asked him specifically why the 1996 White Sox were so awful with with all that talent they had when we were talking about. Uh, I forgot what player it was. Maybe it was Tony Phillips. Uh, we were talking mm-hmm. about, but I asked him. Yes. I asked Pete why were the 96 White Sox were so horrendous when they had good years from a lot of guys. And they had a pretty good core, and uh, he said just getting around to it, but he has four reasons listed. Number one, Terry Bevington. Number two, Terry Bevington. Number three, Terry Bevington. And number four, the Indians. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I think, kind of what we speculated. But, uh, yeah, Pete asked this. 
Um, perhaps you can explain to me why anyone should care about Zip's projections in November <laughs> coming off our episode where we just broke them down. This, these make no sense to me at this point in time. As an example, they include Encarnacion on the projections. Are people that thirsty for statistical analysis for a roster that may be different between now and March? What am I missing? Um, yeah, so that, that, that's, that's Pete asking about the Zip's projections. And, uh, you know, I think it's just something to talk about. That's all. Yeah, I mean, these are people who deal with these, and it's good reading. It's good to have anything. I mean, this is the one thing, and it's not Major League Baseball doing it. This is the one thing during the offseason that I love to look at. I love to look at projections where they see this player, that player, this team. It gives me hope and maybe trade possibilities, which we'll get to later, um, things like that. So it, these are the, the fun activities that I find. You know, baseball's off the mind a little bit during the winter months but then you know you check in on what's in a while oh man there's a new article on this player and how it'll do next year because of these parameters and what they've calculated that's very fun i think to just to look at the next year coming up and what your beak a little bit i don't know if you get that in other sports necessarily um because i don't know if they're more analytically driven but i i find zip projections and steamer and all those things to be fine it's a like nice fun uh, system of math that I don't understand that <laughs> smarter people than me have figured it out and put it on paper and it's entertaining. Absolutely. I think so too. And just to, to make a correction. So they, they did take out Encarnacion from that projection since the last time, uh, I guess since the an article was initially published. So they do mm-hmm. kind of evolve these things. And I guess that's something you can go back and to look, and look, you know, that best believe if they if they sign a, a high impact starting pitcher, they'll go back in and redo the projections to get us talking about it again. So that's something you can always go back on and see how how they feel about a, a recent acquisition that your team just made. So, but yeah, thank you, Pete, for always checking in. Hope uh, you have a great Thanksgiving as well as uh, all of our Lockdown White Sox listeners. And uh, right now, this episode of Lockdown White Sox Mailbag Monday is brought to you by. Built Bar. Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And now somehow the new and improved Built Bar is even delicious-er. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors if you got nut allergies. They've got six brand new flavors, too. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Not to mention those 12 original flavors, the OGs that you love so much. My favorite, of course. Say it with me. German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, and peanut butter brownie. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so they are delicious, soft, and easy to chew. And they're good for you. They're great if you're the health-conscious person on the go. Great for losing or maintaining weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Those sweets that we love so much, I know I do. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And if you're doing the keto thing, they're great for that as well. For example, one of the new flavors, the Cherry Barcia, 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and just 4 grams of net carbs. Pretty amazing that they can pack all that in to a nice little delicious candy bar. Maybe a great gift idea this holiday season if you know someone who's trying to lose weight while still indulging in those treats. Built Bar would be a perfect thing, and right now you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies lasts. So go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's 
That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, let's get back into the show. So, next email here comes from David Lazaro. David says, Hey guys, I'm new to listening to the podcast. I look forward to listening to this on my way to work in the mornings. Well, God bless if you're still going to work every morning. That's awesome. Uh, my question is, do you think Konerko would ever eventually manage a team? Have a great and safe and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, David. Uh, so, Paulie, being in the full as a manager, what say you, Herb? What do you think? I think he has way too many outside interests. Uh, uh, family, of course, being number one. Loves to play golf. Loves to play some uh, rec hockey league. And if you've ever listened to Paul do a post-game presser, man, those would be ridiculous. He's way too verbose to have, uh, you know, a 30-minute presser. That's like two questions. Um, and he's trying to explain this to players about his his uh, theory and his method of doing things and changing his batting stances and hand placement and such. Players are like, uh, Coach, uh, I'm out. I can't. I got to go to a bat now. So, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I think Paul's way too – I mean, he'll be great at it, I think. But I think he's way too invested in other things off the field. A, a nice ambassador, maybe coming back to the park 15 times a year. Yeah, I think he could do that. But the grind of 200 games, no, I don't think he's built for that. And I don't think he should do that if he doesn't want to. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think so. I think he's a guy still with, with kids that are, I, I don't, th- they may be high school age still, if, I, if memory serves me correctly. But he, he's a guy who loves still playing golf playing hockey. We had him on the score a couple weeks back on the Danny Parkin show and we had to we had to record it. Usually we don't pre-tape interviews, but he had a tea time, so we had to make sure we accommodated him uh in that regard. So, he's a guy who's kind of enjoying life and I think I don't know if he was a guy that ever had complete joy in the game. Anyone who watched his career in its entirety, it always seemed like he, he was like at a mental war with himself, you know, with, with the game of baseball. And, you know, we, uh, one of the things we talk about with, with guys like him who have had success and they become coaches, you know, Barry Bonds, who I think was a hitting coach for a little bit. And it's like, you know, Paul Konerko would walk up to, uh, you know, a guy like Jake Berger, like, Jake, why don't you just hit 400 homers in the big leagues like I did? You know, <laughs> be a six, be a 16, be a six time all-star like I did. Like, I was come on what's going on here you know but so I don't think he's a guy that would take great joy in seeing other guys struggle and not know how to fix it oh boy do I think he would internalize that like see a guy mm-hmm. struggling and try to figure out why can't I unlock this guy you know I don't think he he takes any joy in that part of the game one of my favorite quotes from him a couple of years ago like he said that he would wake up in the morning and try to find out where you're going to find a, a hit that day you know what I mean? Like from the second you get out of bed, okay, where am I going to find a hit when I when I play tonight? So, you know, that's just a grueling way to live your life, and that's kind of the way he lived his playing career and, you know, certainly enjoyed watching him. But that, that seems like a pretty joyless, thankless job as being a major league manager or coach. You know, he doesn't seem like a guy that's got to be around the game 24-7 baseball lifer. It seems like he's really enjoying his life right now, and then I don't see it happening. He's a guy that maybe when his kids are older, you know, that's a guy that you want to have in your front office to, to spitball ideas ideas off of and you know if you if you have like you know your scouting department at a, at a at a standstill what you think about a guy have pk get in there and give his two cents and and see what he thinks about a guy but yeah beyond that i don't think that's ever gonna happen all right next one up here is from steve aka smellis at smell says on twitter Steve says this, great job with the pot all season. I'm glad it's continuing during the off season. Thank you, Steve. I went I want the Sox to get George Springer bad. 
But if they don't get him, do you think Jason Hayward, 31 years old, or maybe even Chris Bryant would be a viable plan B option? If the Cubs are, if the Cubs are going to possibly blow it up, maybe they could buy low on Bryant or take Hayward's salary. Yeah, great defender, Hayward, left-handed bat, good base runner. Uh, he'd back he he'd hit in the back of the lineup with no pressure. If you take all the money, I don't think you'd have to give up your big three, Madrigal, Vaughn, or Kopech. You might have to give up Dane Dunning, but I think it would be worth it for Hayward. All right, so we talked about Chris Bryant, but what do you think about Jason Hayward? Uh, no, I mean, he's a great guy. Um, does a lot in the community. No, I'm good. I mean, I think we could just survive with the platoon of if you – don't if you strike out on those guys, you would probably tender Norm Mazar at least, or maybe he'll be on the team or not, and have Adam Engle do a platoon. I would love that to happen. I would, you know, if we're gonna speculate more about teams and not the Cubs, I would love to have uh, Will Myers on the White Sox. I know he makes a lot of money. If the Padres were to eat a couple uh, million of that money, we could send them some low-level prospect. What am I? What am I missing these. there? Why would they unload him? Do they have someone up that, that coming up behind them? He just costs a lot of money. He's twenty okay. million a year, and this is the first year that he's produced in a long time. So uh, they might want to sell high on him, and it okay. would be selling high because he's still relatively young. I think he's uh, like either twenty eight or twenty nine. But that right handed bat, right fielder, that'll be a nice upgrade from what we had last year. He's still not a huge th- superstar. And, you know, falling short of George Spring will be sad. I mean, of course, we would want Michael Brantley after that. But if we can get Will Myers, a guy that's going to be a plus outfielder out there in right field with a decent arm and a power bat that he brought to the table this year, I would love that. Jason Hayward, I don't think, fits in to this White Sox thing, except for he bats, happens to bat left-handed. Yeah, and, and you know, he would certainly uh, help your pitching staff out. I, I do think he has value there, an elite glove out there in right field, and that would help Indeed. immensely, help saving some runs. You talk about, you know, um, not having to worry about uh, center field with Luis Robert, and he covers most of left field as well. But then you can maybe shade Robert a little bit further to, to Eloy's side if you have Jason Hayward out there. In effect, have two center field caliber players out there in the outfield. I like it from that perspective, but – you know, I, I need a little bit more offensive production, and I don't know uh, if the Sox would be willing to to eat some of that money for a, a known commodity with not a lot of great years ahead of them. I think you'd want to acquire someone who has uh, at least a few years that, that would be here for the uh, entirety of the window. And at 31 years old, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure how I feel about that, but love Jason Hayward as, as a dude, as a defender, as a clubhouse presence. Um, you know, uh, the, again, another guy who, you know, not, not scared to share his opinion. I don't know how he would feel about Tony LaRussa, you know, um, so that, that's another variable there, but yeah, I, I like where your head's at, uh, but hopefully we, we should be shooting for higher expectations than that. I think Bryant out of those two would be the guy, as we mentioned earlier, that, that the Sox should be, uh, shooting for, um, Finally here, wrapping it up with our guy, Mike Victor, who, uh, who, who, you know, unceremoniously, very, 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 very savagely uh, killed Jerry Reinsdorf in the last uh, podcast episode <laughs> of the mailbag when he was uh, talking about who would be the next up to, to own the White Sox uh, if Jerry Reinsdorf uh, wasn't the owner anymore. Uh, so Mike says this, since you guys had me killing Jerry last pod, might as well go all in. So when Theo gets his group together to purchase the White Sox from the state of Jerry Reinsdorf, will he be able to work with Rick Hahn long term? A boy can dream, right? Talk to you guys soon. Uh, he's, he's saying this uh, in jest, but 
Theo Theo Epstein being a part of an ownership group to to buy the White Sox in a few years. Yeah, how could you not love that? Yeah, I mean, I would love it. It would be a perfect scenario. A guy that uh, has that mind, and I would love for him to be the baseball part of that. But if he's part of the ownership group, as with Jerry, I don't want him doing baseball things then. Um, get a smart person underneath you to do that uh, if you're Theo. But, yeah, I know Theo would be one of those guys who would be like, okay, I am the owner now. I am not the baseball guy, so I'll step away and let them do the job. And – defer to people who are smarter than him. I mean, I think he did that with Jed and Jason McLeod and throughout his career. Will uh, I forgot who the uh, Ben Charrington who worked underneath him too. So um, I think it'll be a great opportunity for Theo to take over this team. We've, you know, we've shown our love for Theo. And if you're a baseball fan, there's no way you cannot love Theo and what he's done for this game and what his contributions. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Whenever a front office guy can be uh, inducted, he'll be on that stage. But if he can be an owner for our squad, it'll be even more uh, great. It'd be better than the J-Lo A-Rod thing we brought up a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Absolutely, without a doubt. If you had to handicap it right now, with that, that spot in San Diego opening up, do you think that's where he ends up going? I know he's a guy who would sound like he wanted to take some time away from the game, but you don't get opportunities presented like that too often to go back to uh, the place where he started basically working under Kevin Towers with an ideal situation in terms of the current roster and just location in the country. Like San Diego, I think, would be a perfect spot for Theo to, to get a group together and, and get an ownership stake there. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it surprised most of the people out there in San Diego that he was uh, stepping down. Um, but I don't know if the Peter Siler's got like enough uh, stake or he just wants to assume Ron, Ron's stake if he has enough uh, capital to do that or he wants a partner like Theo and you know, what better guy to get than Theo Epstein out there? And yeah, he spent some time out there, like you talked about with KT and such. So, I mean, it's a great city. He's been there. He understands. Uh, awesome place to raise a family, too. So, uh, yeah, Chicago's been home for his family a couple of years. But when you get a chance to move to San Diego, you do it, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, you, you know better than anyone, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, selfishly, I you know, I would love Theo to be a part of a group to own the White Sox. He's a guy who understands what what he said in his, in his uh, press conference the other day, talked about, baseball team being a, like a good representation uh, uh, of the city and also being re- sort of reflective of, of the city that you're in. And I think that's an area where uh, the Sox could certainly improve uh, as getting people from more different parts of the city to be a part of the mix. And I think, you know, the White Sox are in a position where where they are with their rebuild, you know, you can still have people latch on uh, before they're looked at sideways. Like, you know, they haven't won a World Series yet. And you could, you know, embrace people from all corners of the city to, to be a part of, of what you're, you're trying to develop here with the White Sox. And, you know, he talked, Theo talked about that sort of from, you know, just an ambassador type situation for your team, what it represents in your community, but also doing the extra things, the charitable things and being an active part of your community. So I, I love his stance on, on how he, he, he sees a, a baseball team being a part of, of your city's culture and a part of its charitable core and just being, a, you know, sort of a reflection of the city that you're in. I love that of what Theo said. So yeah, selfishly, I'd like him to be with the White Sox, but I think that he would be best served 
being the next commissioner, uh, hearing some of his ideas on where he thinks the game has sort of gone wrong over the past few years. And he admitted there was some culpability in that as well with, with the way he was constructing teams. So he had a, an equal part in it. But he's just a, a really thoughtful, smart guy. And I, I think uh, baseball would be in good hands. Anyone would be in good hands with Theo uh, running your organization or your, your league. So, yeah, that uh, that about does it for us on uh, this Mailbag Monday edition of Lockdown White Sox. And I'm looking forward to talk to us Tuesday. We've got another part of this mailbag session, and this is where we start to get the crackpot trades from our listeners, and I love it so much. And we're really going to go deep down the uh, the rabbit hole here for some of these trade ideas and how to make the White Sox better. And I'm here for it, man. How can they get those crazy trade uh, suggestions to us uh, uh, as efficiently as possible on the email tip, Herbie? Email us at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com locked on socks at gmail.com with your questions or your comments whatever you want to write us we'll read them all not all of them make the episode so for chris Tannehill at chris Tannehill on twitter me herb lawrence on it's ecknowall 23 that's lawrence spelled backwards on twitter and the show is at locked on socks on twitter and on instagram so thank you for joining us we have part two coming up tomorrow so be sure to tune in to locked on socks